What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mac Geeks Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jake Pugley, and I am bringing you the 19th episode of the Mac Geeks Podcast. Very excited for this one. I got a chance to talk to somebody I've been wanting to talk to for a long time. He's one of the best, not only in the ACC, but in the entire uh, collegiate landscape right now. Uh, been around for for three years, just completely kicking ass and, and and taking names. He's been on the biggest of stages in college. Um, that is Mr. Hayden Hydley of NC State. Uh, we had a great conversation. He he loves to talk. I love to talk. It's a great matchup. We uh we got talking for for over an hour and a half. Had a great time. He he was very transparent. Talks about a lot of stuff uh, throughout his journey and and the success he's had and even his plans after college. So. Um, it really was a great one. I had a good time talking to him, and, and I'm excited to be bringing that to you guys. But, you know, some housekeeping. Make sure that you guys are following us on social media, Mac Geeks Facebook page. We're on Twitter. We're now on Instagram as well. Um, and then, of course, our hub, our center of everything good, everything ACC is on Rockfin. You can get on Rockfin and follow us 100% free. Just got to sign up and make an account, and then you can follow us for free. If you choose to subscribe on Rockfin, $9.99 a month, that gives you all premium content on all of Rockfin. Uh, all of my stuff is free, so you don't need to per se do that. Um, but if you do choose to subscribe to Rockfin and get all of the other stuff from guys like Ben Askren and, and uh, Willie Saylor and all those guys, I, you know, I would very much love your support on Rockfin if you do choose to do that. Uh, but either way, you guys are awesome. I love everybody that listens. And without further ado, here is Mr. Hayden Hydley. Um, had a good practice today. It was mostly technique-based. Uh, we did lift and conditioning this morning, so uh, wrapped it up this afternoon. I went with the RTC guys, um, wrestled with Tommy Gant, and we just kind of went over some tactical positions from a crackdown position, going over, you know, just exposures from freestyle. Um, it, was, it was a good, it was good, like, hour 10 minutes of technique just really focusing on one area i think that helped out a lot that's awesome um so is it a lot a lot of freestyle stuff right now yeah um gearing up for a freestyle competition it hasn't been announced yet but um look be on the lookout for that um in december just kind of getting some freestyle under my belt and um you know it went pretty well um when i wrestled in iowa in october and so uh, i think this will this will be the last freestyle event i compete in um, until the off season, but uh, just looking to get a couple more matches under my belt before the season starts. Yeah, heck yeah, man! I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, but you know, speaking of freestyle, you just a couple of weeks ago got out of uh, U.S. Senior Nationals. So yeah, obviously did great there. You ended up placing third. Uh, how did it feel to be back on the mat actually competing? It was it was a little bit weird. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I think there was a lot of contributing factors. Uh, didn't quite um, feel like a competition until I really got out there um, just because the weight class was so different for me. Uh, for those that don't really know, they added two kilos to that weight class and I was always already pretty small as it is. So instead of like 74 kilos isn't too bad for me. That's like 163. Um, but 76 kilos was ended up being like closer to 168. And I have never wrestled anything close to that in my life. So uh, that was a learning experience, and I think I could definitely tell um, on some of the guys. But I thought I wrestled very well. Um, it was just – I was just really thankful to be able to compete again. I think um, 
the weight was a little bit different. I didn't have to cut weight or anything like that, but still the preparation was the same and I was able to put a lot of focus into that competition. And once I got out there, I think everything was really clicking. Um, there was a little bit of rust involved, but I, I think for the most part, I, I was really happy with the way I wrestled it, especially given circumstances of the weight class and, um, you know, being away for so long, I, I felt like it was very reassuring to be able to go out there and um, I was in the shape that I needed to be. And um, I think it just proved that I had been working on the right things all summer long to be able to go out there after that much time off and uh, be able to compete at a high level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I thought you looked great the whole tournament. I mean, it, some of the wins were, were impressive too. I mean, it, it's cool getting to watch you college guys wrestle on the freestyle circuit because you're, as a, from a fan perspective, we're getting to see you not only wrestle, you know, the, the Deacons or cars that you're wrestling during the season, but you're also seeing these kind of older guys that we saw, you know, a couple of years ago. So like guys that you beat this weekend, Rick Durso been around for a while. Uh, Joey Lavalle was a, a NCAA finalist. Um, obviously you beat Carr and then you even beat Wick, which is another kind of cool thing because Wick's usually the weight class above you in college. Um, but I mean, Awesome wins. You had an awesome weekend. Um, obviously, I got to ask you about the Valencia match because it was wild. Um, on the front side, I believe it was in the quarterfinals, right? Um, ended up being 13-9 and nine final score, but it, the match, it, I mean, it's a, it was a Valencia match, man. The dude gets out to a crazy lead and then ends up, you know, kind of running out of gas, and then uh, you stepped on the gas to, to end it. So, he got up 10-2, to two, and then you came back and um, you know, there was, there was a bunch of stuff happening kind of off the mat. Um, can you, like, walk us through that match and, you know, kind of what you were thinking during it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, to start out, I had a pretty poor start, um, to say the least. Like, whenever I said earlier that uh, I had to shake some rust off, that was, that was the match that I can look to and, like, okay, I, I made some, some really evident mistakes there. And uh, I got extended a couple times. Uh, he actually threw me for four. Uh, that didn't really help. And then I also got extended and he blasted through a double leg on me and went right into a lace. And I think that was another four point move. And so I was down in a hole early, but I knew um, in the past he had wrestled some teammates of mine. Uh, he had wrestled Tommy Gann. There was a similar uh, situation that happened with there and Tommy was able to climb his way back. And so I, I knew that if I was somewhere close um, going into the second period, I was going to be fine. Um, and so I started my climb and I was getting to the legs and, you know, scoring some points. Um, we were getting to the edge a lot and um, he would, he would let me get to the edge and then he would start really fighting there. And so I had to really blow through in a couple of shots. And um, one time I, I got into a shot, drove him off the mat. I ended up getting one from that. Um, and then he went into injury time and it was probably four or five minutes go by. Um, we come back. I'm still, I'm still trailing by a good bit at this point. Um, I, I make a really, a really good couple of like leg attacks. I score on a few and then we're getting towards like the end of the match with like a minute left. Um, I get to get him to the edge again. I know he's got cautions against him. So if I can either just get a step out or a caution, um, I'm going to be in really good shape. Uh, so I, I ended up in like a double leg position where I can, I'm thinking to myself, all right, I can get four, um, start driving him off the mat. Uh, I finish off the mat and, and he lands in like a really bad situation just because we're right next to the rails. Um, and I lifted him up too and, and landed him like just straight on his back. And it was just a really kind of gruesome looking like scene. And so um, what ended up happening there was just absolute pandemonium. And so, uh, so like in 
the three refs, how they decided it, the one a side judge gave me four points and I'm like, okay, all right, that's, that's pretty good. The guy Matt didn't rule anything yet. And then the guy um, on the other side, the other side judge says, no, we got to meet. And so the, the other side judge is just pointing at me, just absolutely fuming. Um, and he wants uh, points taken away from me. And so what they ended up doing after they conference is the Matt judge and one of the side judges went caution one against me. So I got penalized for that. Um, and I'm trying to talk through the ref about it. And I'm like, listen, like at, at worst, I should at least be rewarded one because you gave me one. We went out of bounds. It's my step out point. And that's whenever he got pissed off at me. He's like, listen, you, you, uh, you hurt yourself by, by the way that you acted on the edge. And he's like, that's why we had to take points away from you. And I was just like, dude, I, I don't even know what to tell you right now. I'm so pissed off that I just like, whatever. And so yeah. I'm almost laughing in the center, just kind of trying to collect my cool. And you know, it's still doable to come back in the match, but I'm down to like 20 seconds left and I'm down four. He has criteria. I would have needed something, yeah. something crazy happening. So, I mean, it's one of those things where there's not a huge, um, like I'm not, I don't look back and like really upset about it. I don't like the way that it was handled uh, by the referees, but I mean, I, I think I'm used to at this point, just being in, in that kind of match. And, you know, I'm, I just took a lot of learning experience from it. Uh, the biggest thing is don't get down that early. And um, it just kind of took me a while to get into um, a groove of the match. Like I just felt like I had to do everything in the, in the beginning. So I'm like, all right, I know I can get this guy tired, but I just ended up making too many mistakes in the beginning of the match to put myself in a good position to, at the end. And so um, crazy situation. Uh, I, I think I had a good mindset after that. I, I was, I was pretty um, carefree after that, after that whole ordeal went down, I'm just like, I remember talking to my dad and like, we went into the next day. He's like, listen, just treat it like a separate tournament. You're going to have three really high level matches. You're going to need to win. And so, treat it like a separate tournament, go 3-0 today and, and win on Sunday. And so that's just kind of my mindset and was able to rebound from it pretty well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you did that. You looked fantastic the next day. And I mean, I will say, I rewatched the match this morning because I wanted to remember what happened. Um, and from my perspective, I thought, I thought you should have got one because you pushed him out for sure. Like, I get the continuation, but like, it just sucks how close the wall was. You know, like, you got to take into the fact that you guys did run into a wall. And then also, like, they were going crazy because, like you said, he ended up on his back and you kind of had to pick him up. Like, I thought, like, you guys went off the mat. It might have been kind of slick. Maybe, like, you know, kind of slipped and, like, it just happened. Like, it definitely wasn't a malicious thing. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. I definitely – I took a few days to, like, look back. And I – and actually, like, in my opinion, I'm obviously biased, but I could have – I could have done, like, way worse because I – if you yeah. look at finished. I actually kind of let up before the wall even hit and I like dug my heels into the mat or not into the mat, like to the side and was just like trying to pitch him and not like I could have, if I was being malicious, just ran him straight into the wall. Cause yeah. it was actually pretty close. Um, oh, but, 100% agree. And it was a, it was a mess and a half. And so it, at this point it, it is what it is, but um, yeah. I don't know. I was pretty, I, actually I was wrestled pretty cautious and like for the rest of the tournament, whenever I would get to the edge, like I think against Wick, I, I got into a single leg and was pushing him out. And I was just like, I'm just tired of dealing with this. I'm just going to get my one and, and, st <laughs> and just worry about the next sequence. Yeah. I think, 
It's wild too. It's just like just popped in my head. Obviously, I talked about Whitby in the weight class above you. Valencia's seventy four during college season. So, like that's man, it's just wild that you know the weight difference that happens in freestyle. Um, like I said, that two kilo allowance. Like people think two pounds. Like okay, whatever. Two kilos. I mean, that's what five pounds almost. So yeah, you know, four and a half pounds. Like I, I don't mind wrestling seventy four kilos. It's not terrible. Um, it's still, you know a little bit over six pounds of my, you know, ideal competition weight, but um, it was cool to see new faces. And yeah. um, I've wrestled Wick a, a lot throughout my life um, in high school. And then kind of right once I got to college, when we were both red shirts, we wrestled a few times. Um, but the height difference is actually really funny to me when I wrestle him, because like whenever you're in the tunnel and you're walking out, you're just looking at the guy and I'm, it's almost like a couple of times I just looked at him and laughed. I'm like, how is this even happening? <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the same way too. You look at a guy walking out and just like, all right, this is actually kind of comical. How funny I look standing right next to him. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I will say like, before we move on, so I want to move on talk about your, your high school or your career. Um, but I, I mentioned it when we were talking before on Instagram, I had to bring up one of the tweets that just, that I, you had me rolling with the, uh, the Mar when Marinelli and James Green were wrestling. Right. And, and you retweeted and you put, um, I nearly got incarcerated for doing this a couple of weeks ago. That, that had me dying. That was hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just because I knew, um, like, I, I know James Green a little bit. Um, and I know he's, he's probably one of the funnier guys that you'll meet on Team USA. And so I knew he'd get, get, a, get a kick out of it. Um, and it was just funny because that match happened in Iowa, too. Um, yeah. and, uh, he got the liberty to finish out of bounds, and I didn't quite get it. So, uh Definitely, um, definitely funny though. I, I can look yeah. back at it and laugh now, especially because, yeah, it was U.S. Senior Nationals, but um, it, for me, it was more of just like, okay, I, I need to get some mat time in. I've, I've been dying to wrestle for such a long time. You know, there weren't a, a huge amount of consequences to that tournament, so it was. Yeah. It's nice to look back on now and laugh at it. Yeah, and you even had like a, a laugh emoji on it too. So like, it it wasn't like it was a funny tweet, like definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get into a little bit about your career, man. I got questions to ask you. So, um, you know, first of all, I ask everybody the same thing to get started off, right? How did you get into wrestling? Uh, so my family, nobody in my family had ever wrestled before. Um, my dad was a college football player at Franklin and Marshall. He also played a little bit of college golf as well. Um, and then my older brother, uh, had played he played all sports all his life he's uh he also played college football at our sinus college in pennsylvania and um basketball family football family uh for me though i i didn't quite get the whole basketball thing i was very small um didn't really have like the ball handling skills and uh whenever i would walk to and from school there'd be a, a group of fifth graders at the time i was probably in kindergarten and um, they were all wrestlers. And so all the neighborhood kids around me were wrestlers. And um, I would, you know, just hang out with them after school or play a uh, horse or whatever we were doing. And um, like eventually they kind of convinced me just to come out for wrestling um, just to see what it was like. Um, I was always just the kind of little kid that tagged along and did everything. And so I decided I was going to do it uh, with these guys. And so I told my dad um, and his recollection of wrestling was okay the guys that used to wrestle back in high school were just tough dudes that he just like didn't wasn't involved with um he had a lot of respect for it but he didn't understand the sport and so when he took me to practice I think he had the intentions in mind of just like 
all right, I'll be over here in the corner. Um, you know, if, if you want to quit, just let me know and we'll, I'll take you home. And, uh, turns out, you know, close to 20 years later, I'm still kicking. So, uh, kind of an interesting story how I got involved, but I think just being naturally good at it, um, at the start really helped. Uh, one story I like to tell is just my, one of my biggest accomplishments, I think as a kid was, uh, at our youth wrestling program, they split the gymnasium with a curtain on the first half would be the JV guys. And the second half were the varsity guys. And, uh, for the most guys, you'd spend two, three years on the first side, just kind of learning the skills. And, um, for me, I lasted two weeks there before they moved me over to varsity. And so I'm like, all right, if I can be good at this, I'm just going to keep doing it. And so I, I never forgot that moment. Um, you know, no matter what stage in my career I was in, I was always able to kind of pick the sport up fast and, you know, I just look at that as motivation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that answered my next question. I was going to ask, you know, kind of when you were, when you realized like, I'm pretty good at this thing. Um, and it sounds like, you know, got moved over pretty quickly and, and caught on real quick. Um, well, I guess in, in replace of that kind of, I, I was able to research your high school stuff a lot. Um, but before that, so how did you, how did you do in youth wrestling prior to high school? So youth wrestling, um, this is actually one of my favorite stats that I have. Uh, looking back at my youth wrestling, like the people that I lost to, it's, it's absolutely, absolutely insane. So I won one state championship as a youth wrestler. And I mean, you wrestle all that all the way up until you're in junior high. So I probably had like 10 cracks at it. Um, looking at the people that I lost, well, I lost to Spencer Lee probably three years. I lost to Vincenzo Joseph probably twice. I lost a Nolf, I would say one of those years as well. And so it's like looking back at all those kids I wrestled in, in the youth, they all turned out to be pretty good. Uh, so they're all right. <laughs> they did yeah, they for themselves. And so I was always good. Um, just wasn't quite good enough at, at, at some points. Um, but I just learned so much from that just cause I'm like, I, I just had to wrestle these high level guys all my life and growing up in Pennsylvania, you can go to any youth tournament on the weekend and find somebody who's probably going to end up being an all American. So I just took a lot of confidence in that and, and just was like, all right, I'm from the best state in the country. Um, and I kept watching, you know, like NCAA championships and in the, in the finals, there's five or six guys from Pennsylvania. And so I'm thinking, all right, if these guys have done it, they probably did something similar to me um, at this youth level. So like, why can't I eventually go on to do things like that? And that's what's always kind of in the back of my mind. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I mean, it worked out. So also, you know, everybody knows, obviously you got your brother there wrestling with you. Um, he's, he's a little bit bigger than you now. I don't know if you can call him little brother. Uh, but, you know, when you guys were growing up, were you guys around the same size? Were you able to wrestle together? Yeah. Uh, so Trent uh, joined the sport right after I did. And for him, it was much more challenging. Uh, he was a brute growing up, like just a really big bully, like uh just like an angry child and so whenever you put him out of the mat he just made so many mistakes and he just get infuriated um but growing up we were always the same size he's two years younger than I am and um just a little he was always just a bit bigger and so that kind of equaled out to us wrestling in the same weight class and uh we not only practiced together we wrestled against each other a lot in competitions just because um in Pennsylvania what happens a lot is you know, you'll what they do is they split up the age division. So if you wanted to, uh, they'd have like the eight and under and like the 12 and under in the morning. 
and then there'd be like the 10 and under and 15 and under in the afternoon. And so what, a lot of times we just double bracket. So if I was eight years old, I'd wrestle on the eight and under in the morning and then the 10 and under in the afternoon. And so a lot of times I'd end up having to wrestle Trent um, whenever he would uh, move up in age division. And so I never lost to Trent, um, but now uh, he's grown in size on me and I try to avoid wrestling him when I can. But growing up, I think we probably wrestled each other close to 10 times just because he would always be up in age division. And, you know, I, I just don't think that we didn't really like to see, see it when like brothers would forfeit to each other and we didn't really care. And so it was like, my dad would go into Trent's corner. He'd try to do as much as he could to coach him up to beat me. But um, I just always had a little bit more experience on him. Uh, then thankfully kind of junior high and high school came and he got bigger than I did um, and didn't really have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. That's good that you guys kind of grew different weights because it, it would be hard to be the same weight the entire time. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you, you've talked about a lot of the guys that you, that you wrestled growing up, right? Vincenzo, Noel, Lee, all those guys. Um, and, and that was, I guess that was kind of a youth wrestling, right? Uh, how about in high school? So in high school, did you wrestle any guys like that or any like big names that, that people know now? Yeah. So I, I think in high school, it was a little bit of the same. Um, I, I, I progressed as I got older, but I just never seemed to have an easy bracket. I mean, it's not like you're going to get an easy bracket in Pennsylvania, but some brackets are just more insane than others. And I, I felt like I kept getting trapped into the insane brackets. Um, my freshman year, um, I lost to Lezak a couple times and he ended up winning my weight. And then I grew a lot. And then my sophomore year was an absolute bonkers weight class with um, Vincenzo, Kemmer, um, and just who, who knows who else. But uh, my junior year was, was probably one of the like statistically more challenging brackets in the, in the country. Um, there were four guys that were ranked in the top five of the country. And so there was Kemmer, me, uh, Jared Verclearen, and Patrick Dugan. And um, I ended up losing to uh, Kemmerer. And so for two straight years, I lost to Michael Kemmerer in the quarterfinals of the state tournament. Um, that was pretty hard for me just because I just kept losing to like the number one guy in the country. It's like at that point I had won some national tournaments. Um, I had won Fargo. I had won Flow Nationals, but I hadn't won a state title. And so when I finally got to my senior year, um, you know, a lot of those guys had graduated and moved on by that point, And I was kind of the guy that was left. And uh, I just didn't want to leave any doubt my senior year. And so I, I don't really remember ever having a close match with anybody in Pennsylvania at that point, just because I felt like I had learned so much and I'd been through the fire of wrestling guys like, like Hammer all those years. It's like, all right, I, I'm the top dog now. And I, I just have to go out and prove it. And I don't think I really left any doubt at that point. And so I was really proud of the way I was able to kind of come out on top. Um, I saved it for last for the last year. And I had been in the top five in the country for probably two or three years prior to that. I just hadn't, you know, hadn't finalized myself in the, as a state champion. So that is to this day, one of my um, most memorable moments, I think of my career. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's cool. I was interested in hearing kind of how that story went in high school because you know, a lot of these guys, especially the guys I talk to, you know, they'll be, you know, a top whatever recruit and you look back and they were a four time state champ from here, three time from here, whatever. And I looked on for you and it was, uh, it was very consistent improvement every year. Right. But it was only a one time state champ. So you went state qualifier six, three, one. Right. 
So, you know, how, it seems like you had crazy weight classes every year, but how did you consistently improve throughout high school? Because usually you see people kind of like dip down one of the years, you know, sophomore slump a lot of the time, um, but you consistently got better every single year. So uh, how were you able to do that? I think one of the major contributors is that I just competed a lot more than anybody else did. I think I'd be willing to put money on that my brother and I probably collected the most matches throughout the year than anybody. Um, I didn't have any other sport that I concentrated on just because I, I had really enjoyed the preparation of wrestling. I didn't, I wasn't worried about burnout because I really enjoyed it. I, I, I liked sh uh, shifting from, you know, folk style to freestyle and Greco in the, in the spring, summer. And so I believe one of the years in the off season, I had over a hundred matches. And so I just went out and seek the best competition. You know, if it wasn't in Pennsylvania, it was somewhere else. And um, I just consistently got better just because I had put myself out there and I was, gave myself so many learning opportunities. And I just really loved the process of, of climbing. You know, I, I never really took losses to heart and I never, you know, took a step back after them. You know, I went out and I put it on the line. I lost I, and I went back out the next day and tried to find a way to get better. And so I think that was probably a testament to my parents of just like driving us around everywhere in the country. Um, it got a little bit crazy at times, but I mean, that summer where we put over a hundred matches, I think that that's an easy spot to look back to and think, all right, when we never took a break, I mean, we, we gave ourselves two weeks after the season to end, but it was a lifestyle for us. And I think, you know, the more you start stacking those papers, you know, the more practice you go to, the more competitions you have. I feel like it's it's really hard not to improve. And that's probably what I would contribute to a lot of my improvement throughout high school. Yeah, I mean, that that mentality you're talking about, that that's definitely special, right? It's hard for people to stay positive even throughout losses. So um, that's cool hearing that, you know, even like the losses didn't really phase you a whole lot and you just kept moving on. Uh, man, but yeah. Even, even with, you know, not being able to win that state title till, till senior year, um, you were the number six overall recruit in the country overall, right? By Flow Wrestling is what I found. Um, obviously, coming out of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania State champ, number six overall, you had to be getting calls from a lot of different schools. Um, I know you were, you know, one of the biggest recruits NC State had gotten at the time. Uh, it, it was, you know, a big deal to get you. So, where all were you looking at that time and, you know, what ended up making that decision to come to NC state? Yeah, I don't, I don't talk a, a whole lot about this just because um, for most of the time NC state was always my clear cut option, but um, I think it surprised you. I, I really didn't. Um, a, a lot of the major schools didn't really reach out to me for any serious offer. Um, I just like, uh, I'll think about like the blue chip schools. I didn't really get any recognition from those um, schools. And so there was always a little bit of like a chip on my shoulder um, just because of that. And I think it was just because, I mean, a, a lot of those schools already had people lined up for, you know, guys at their weight. Um, you know, I, I had shown some promise. I just, I wasn't a state champion. I'd, I had lost a lot in like the big moments. Um, and I didn't have like that real clear cut, um, you know, credential by my name. Um, but I, I got looked at by a lot of the ACC schools. Um, you know, NC State was always the number one for me. And I think some of the, at the time, uh, lower tier Big Ten schools reached out as well. Um, so I think it, it ended up boiling down to, you know, NC State, Purdue, Lehigh, and like Virginia Tech, I would say, were my top four. Um, 
But for me, it really wasn't that hard of a decision, to be honest with you, just because um, NC State was one of the only schools that really, you know, gave me um, a look uh, whenever I was going through that process of improving. Um, even whenever I was a sophomore and getting sixth in the state, uh, you know, they were the first people to call me on, on whenever they could, whenever that date was my junior year. And it was always the same message uh, that, you know, I could be a, a leader of the team and I could, you know, win a national title NC State. And there wasn't a whole lot of other schools that were offering me that. I think they saw that I was improving, but I, they weren't really willing to take a, a leap of faith, leap of faith and, and make me a primary guy that they were going after. And so there was a lot of respect uh, that I had for NC State because they did that and put so much trust in me. And so I think it was a it was a two-way street in terms of me respecting what they were doing as a program. And it ended up not really being a hard decision for me. That's awesome. Um, I mean, that's, that's cool to hear you say that you, it wasn't really a hard decision because, you know, you kind of had that contact with them the whole time and they weren't just like, Oh, he won a state title. Now we'll give him a call. Like they actually believed in you back before you, you know, were on the top step of the podium and, and went in X tournament and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's awesome, man. But, you know, you get to NC State, and obviously you've had a great career. But when you get there, you know, I, I want to hear, like, what are your thoughts, you know, coming in as a freshman just on campus? You know, what were your thoughts on the program and the coaching staff? You know, when I came in, um, it was – guys were – had that same, like, chip-on-your-shoulder mentality. But a lot of them just I, – I had – you know, at that point, I was probably one of the bigger recruits they've ever brought in. Um, and so there was a lot of, uh, you know, I, I had to swallow some pride coming in because those guys were some of the toughest guys I've ever had to deal with. And there's a time whenever um, I showed up to the room and it probably two or three weeks go by before you actually beat somebody. Um, and, and that's kind of a hard thing to accept whenever you're used to being the top guy of, of your team and, um, you know, in your state. And so I think I just learned a lot from those guys. They were just like veterans of the program and um, they just were like chip on your shoulder guys and just wouldn't give you anything. You had to earn like the respect. And so I think I did a really good job of doing that and, and just seeing eye to eye with those guys. And um, I probably owed them a lot of my success just because I was, it was like a trial by fire situation where, you know, you get thrown in there and you got to earn the respect of those guys because I mean, they, they build this, built this program from the ground up the nc state you know 10 years ago was in shambles and you know they built it up to a national powerhouse and so coming in um you know they wanted to make sure that the guys that were going to take it um in control after them um knew what they're doing and so i owe them um just a lot of thanks for you know putting me through those trials and, and making me you know take my lumps along the way but um you know, to start out, I guess, my first year, I, I redshirted, and that was pretty much what the whole year was about is, you know, how can I learn from these guys? Uh, how can I learn to be a leader for the people that brought that I brought in? Um, and I, I think it ended up being working out really well for me. Um, there was times when it was challenging just because I was seeing some success on the redshirt circuit, and I thought I was worthy enough to be in the lineup, but it was never part of the plan. And so I just had to really just wait, you know, you know there was a lot of patience involved with that year. And Finally, um, the next year after that, I was able to really make my mark. But, you know, I, I have to continually remind myself that, you know, that year I spent uh, kind of, you know, waiting in the wings and just like uh, get preparing myself. You know, that, that was a, where a lot of the gains were made. And uh, 
definitely need to thank my coaches for that, just for not just sending me out there and being in lineup, even though I probably could have. Yeah, for sure. And I'm interested, you know, you said, obviously you had a great program around you, you had great coaches, you know, just tremendous amount of support. Um, was there anybody that did maybe push you harder than anybody else or kind of like really helped you in that first year or two? Yeah. So um, Frank Beasley was one of the guys that held me to a really high standard. And uh, there were times when I was, I was ready to, to go at him and just really, um, you know, there's some of the workouts he, he put us through as red shirts that just made me want to, you know, run my head through a wall. And uh, at the time, you don't really appreciate that. But I think looking back now, um, he was one of the guys that just held me to a really high standard. And even though I wasn't in the lineup, even though I wasn't one of the older guys in the team, uh, he kind of still saw, you know, what my potential was and just held me to um, help me to my goals that I wrote down and just was like, all right, I want to be a national champion. You know, he made sure I was living that lifestyle. And during the uh, hard times, he was there for me as well. So I, I definitely um, owe him a lot of credit for, for getting me to where I am today, just because he was one of the guys that really brought me in. Um, and now he's leading a program of his own. I think that's just a testament to, you know, what kind of character he has. Uh, he was always a head coach material. And I think now you're starting to see um, him having his own program and starting to find success there as well. Yeah. Um, and kind of even going with that a little bit, you talked about, you know, obviously being a big shift at NC state, right? 10 years ago, program in shambles now national powerhouse. Um, what is that culture like at NC state? And have you kind of seen it improve even in your four or five years there? Yeah, I think, um, the culture has always been like I talked about earlier, just guys that had a chip on their shoulder. I feel like we get a lot of those guys that just look like they have a little bit of an attitude on them. Um, but they might not be polished in high school, but they come in just like really wanting success and they really want to do something new. I think that's probably a theme throughout the guys that we have on the team is just like, they want to be a part of something new. Um, you know, that's why they probably didn't end up at one of the blue chip, like schools, you know, they come to NC State because they want to be a part of something new. And they, I think one of the big things about the culture is just, you know, accountability um, among the teammates. I think we hold ourselves to a really high standard. And, you know, sometimes, um, you know, you don't see eye to eye with guys, but I think we're really good at being able to handle it ourselves. And, and um, I think that's just what leaders do. Um, you know, the older guys on the team, we're really able to facilitate, you know, those relationships with guys. And I think, one of the things that makes us so great is we get such a diverse group of guys that come into the team, um, you know, just with different thought processes, different mentalities, um, different just ways they prepare for a match. You know, that's one of the big things. If you look at our team um, before a dual meet, you'll see, you know, six or seven different kind of styles coming up or six or seven different styles of how did these guys prepare for a match? You know, some guys need to be loose. Some guys need to be playing games. And then there's other guys like me who just kind of sit in the corner and just like, I just need to concentrate and get myself ready to go. And we're able to take all those unique perspectives and like kind of diverse people of our team and combine it into something where we're all chasing the same goal. And so I think that's probably sums up our culture pretty well, but I mean, there's, there's high standards involved. And so that's an, a, an, an element of it too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of going off that as well, you know, we've talked a lot about the program, if I'm a big recruit coming out and I got NC state, you know, my top schools, why would I pick NC state? 
I think you're seeing that, um, you know, it's a shift in uh, just a, an overall community. I think in Raleigh, it's becoming a, a wrestling city. Um, I've always thought that we are a wrestling school. Um, it's a very blue collar community here at NC State. And I feel like wrestling fits in really well. It's just that, um, you know, it, the state of North Carolina hasn't in the past, you know, had a really rich wrestling history. And I think we're doing a really good job of changing that. And I think if you look at, you know, just our duel against UNC last year, and you come into Reynolds Coliseum and you look around and think, wow, like if you would have, if this would have happened six years ago, you would have never believed it. And so I, I think guys that want a unique um, experience where you can go to one of the highest, you know, qualities of living in the country for, you know, in terms of a wrestling like experience, you have that, but you also have the, the pedigree of, of elite training and elite coaches. Um, and so I think there's a lot that can be sold, um, you know, for NC State, just coming here as a student and being able to combine that with like a pretty unique culture where, um, you know, guys that have a chip on their shoulder, they want to try something new and they want to build something new. I think we're always trying to build. And so I think guys that fit in with that mentality would do a really great job here. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, that duel last year was, it was awesome. I actually live in Chapel Hill, so I'm right down the road. Um, fortunate enough to, to be able to go out to all three of the schools and watch all those duels, man. And that uh that that atmosphere is incredible i mean i i've never been to you know carver or um you know penn state or anything like that but i gotta assume that's exactly what it's like and i mean it was it was deafening it was so loud in there um so what was that sorry yeah i think just preparing for that match um none of us really expected we had no idea what was going to happen that night and we had no idea the ramifications of it just because we had never seen Reynolds that packed before we'd have some we had some big crowds in the past but you know when Pat kind of brought us in before the team you know meeting before he's like you know you guys are going to walk out there you're going to see people like on top of the ceiling there's that many people and like we kind of like laughed and just thought that he was just trying to getting us ready to go and getting us riled up but whenever my brother and I went out for like the captain's coin toss and we could see just red from like floor to ceiling, we looked at each other and was like, wow, like this is, this is a sight to see just because everything that we were promised and everything that, you know, was told, if we do the right things, you're going to build this into this kind of atmosphere. And so that, that was crazy to me. You know, I, I'd wrestled against Ohio state and Reynolds where we put a lot of people in the stands, but to have a rivalry match like that against UNC where, you just have people just everywhere in red was uh, that was cool that that was a, a lot of things coming into fruition for a program that had worked so hard for you know eight years at that point um and so I, that's going to be a moment i'm going to live with for the rest of my life and just be able to look back and think you know i helped build that and um there's something you can be really proud of yeah and i mean it, it's cool what you said too like if it was if that exact environment had happened when you had Ohio State visit or if you had Penn State or Iowa, like it would be easy to kind of look at it and be like, oh, okay, it's one of the big schools. Like they're bringing a big crowd too. Um, but it was cool that it was UNC because that's, I mean, that's North Carolina wrestling. You know, that's what you guys built. And, and that's not, you know, uh, old school Hawkeye fans coming in or whatever, right? That, I mean, it was incredible. It was one of the coolest duels, if not the coolest I've ever been to in my life. Um, and you know, I, I got to ask, what, what were your thoughts when, uh, when you saw Trent had uh, decapitated the chair uh, during the duel? Um, that was like a, a 
a 20 second blur that I don't really remember. It's like one of those things where you just kind of black out and it's just, everything was so loud in there and you just had people climbing all over each other. Just guys like giving each other piggyback rides and just trying to make sure nobody stepped on the mat to get like a team point or anything stupid happening. But, um, my brother is one of the most passionate people I've ever met. Um, no matter what he does, there's passion involved. Um, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but that was one of the moments where, you know, when things happen and it's, there's happiness, you, you never know what he's going to do. Um, and so I, I didn't really see it until like a video came out, but, um, you know, once we were shaking hands and after that we met up and Trent told me, he's like, dude, I just broke a chair in half. <laughs> I was like, why did you do that? And he was like, I don't know, man, I just kind of blacked out. And, and next thing yeah. you know, there's a broken bit, bit of chair <laughs> hanging on the floor of Reynolds. Um, that's kind of one of those moments where you, you have that video saved. And I think um, our athletic department turned it into like a GIF. And so um, we tweet that out quite a bit now. Just <laughs> oh, yeah. It's easily my favorite GIF on the internet. And yeah. It's like you have to download, I think it's the Giphy app or whatever, but it, it's like a separate app. I, I, I don't know. I've used it plenty of times. It is awesome. Um, but yeah, for those who are listening who maybe don't know what we're talking about, when you guys won the duel, that last match, you actually won the duel, sealed it. Uh, he turned around and punched the, the back off the chair. It was awesome. Uh, but yeah, man, you talked about it a little bit. And, um, you know, with UNC – they've gotten a lot better too. I feel like they're, they're kind of right there with you guys in that same kind of storyline where maybe the program was in shambles and, and building it up. Um, so that it's gotta be exciting to have, you know, your rival also be good right across the town too. So it makes for fun duels and, and all that kind of stuff. How is that rivalry for you guys? It's, it's important. Uh, I will say that. Um, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of skin in that game just because, not only, you know, wrestling wise, just like school and culture wise, I think, um, you know, our schools are rivals and like, I didn't quite get it. Like I, as somebody that comes from Pennsylvania, you don't quite understand it. Like I, I get like, you know, Penn State having a rivalry with Ohio State, you know, that's easy for me to understand, but you don't quite get it until you live it. Um, whenever you, like whenever I came to Raleigh, I didn't really understand um, you know, everybody the week of, you know, you walk across campus and you just see students just yelling, make sure you guys beat Carolina this week. And it was like, I don't even know if, if they cared if, if we won like a national championship, it was like to beat Carolina. And I think you saw that with how many people came out. It, it, in my opinion, I bet there was probably a thousand people in the stands during that match that had no idea what the sport of wrestling was. Like they had no idea what the rules were, but they're like, oh, wow, it's a top five matchup with uh, state and Carolina might as well go. And um, I think that's an important thing to do to get people in the stands. It's just like being able to show how much value that we've brought, you know, to the university of just like, all right, we're a top, we're a consistent top five team. And um, UNC has a pretty similar storyline of their climb to the top. And um, yeah, I, I think it, we're two very different, you know, uh, uh, programs. I think just the way we wrestle almost, it's like, it's a little bit different. Like, I feel like, every one of their guys has like, you know, they have that like, uh, like Coleman Scott look to them. Like they all kind of wrestle like he did. And I think that's a pretty cool thing, but I just, I think it's so funny watching those guys because they all have really good level changes. They all kind of do that, um, you know, thumb block into like a blast double or a low single. And so 
it's I think two very different styles. Um, but this is a testament to, to their program as well. Uh, I, I don't think um, you get that many people in Reynolds if, if they're, a, you know, a fringe top 25 team. And so um, I don't really get caught up in like the hatred of the rivalry. I think there's some people that spend so much time just like, Oh my goodness, I hate UNC. It's like, I don't have that. Um, I just really respect um, being able to participate in a dual meet like that, just because it's two high level programs, no matter which way you look at it. And uh, you know, I think just, being that like Coleman Scott is their head coach. I think that's a guy that, um, you know, me and my brother had a lot of respect for growing up just because it's another Pennsylvania guy. That's one of those guys we watched on TV. It was like, all right, if he's from Pennsylvania can do this, you know, I think we can too. And so I think you see that with like Pittsburgh with, with Keith Gavin as well. It's just a lot of the guys that we grew up um, kind of looking up to, it turns out to be our rivals in the end. But um, you know, I, I, I just really enjoy how like the ACC is just so jam packed at the top and you've got four teams that are in the top 10 Um, for most of last season. That's the way it was. And I I just, I get up more for that, like for the challenge Um, and the fact that it's higher ranking school. I don't really get caught up in the fact that, you know, it's two schools that are supposed to hate each other. I, I take a lot of, um, I I take it seriously because of how, how much skin is, is in the game and how much is on the line. Yeah. And I mean, I think wrestling is different in that aspect too. Like uh, I went to Georgia and obviously big football school and, you know, like the, the Florida rivalry or, or Georgia tech, like th- there is that hatred aspect, but I feel like wrestling is kind of different where there's not a whole lot of hate. I feel like between people, like it, it's, it's a lot more respect and like, I don't know, maybe, I mean, you might feel a different way you're in the rivalry, but I, like, I don't know. I, I'm interested. How is that? that dynamic with, with the Carolina wrestlers, like you guys just a lot of mutual respect for each other or, you know, anything like that. It's funny. Like how you like, you asked that because we're like, what, like 20 minutes away from those guys. It feels like we're a whole world away just because like, I don't know if we're at tournaments, I don't really talk to them or anything like that. Not out of hatred, but it's just like, feels like it's the right thing to do just because we know at the end of the year, we're going to have to beat them and it's going to take a lot of effort to do it. Um, and so I think like on the senior level, um, that relationship is like more like, uh, like amicable of like, okay, I think a lot of our guys take a lot of things from Kenny Monday. Um, and there, there's an open line of communication there. Um, but there is a, there is respect. I think there's during the week of like, we don't, like, there's not a level of like all year, like, Oh, wow, we, we've got, you know, UNC in four weeks. It's not like that, but it's like the week of there's, there's a little bit of extra motivation just because it, it, you feel it from the school and the community. Um, and I think our coaches in the past have done a really good job of just, you know, communicating that message to us. So like, yeah, it's going to be a big match. There's going to be a lot on the line because it's a rivalry match, but we've got to prepare the same way. We've got to do the same warm up. We've got to, you know, have a great week of training and then we can worry about it Friday night. Um, I think that's kind of the message that we take from it. You know, we have a lot of pride in, in, in our win streak against them. Um, but, you know, we're still looking towards March. We're still looking to peak at the right time. But I, I think it's like, you know, the night of, you know, everything kind of gets a little bit more serious. You know, no matter which way you look at it, you try to say you treat every match the same. But you know, there's, a, there's a little bit more on the line in terms of that. And I think a lot of guys get up for that. Um, and I think that's a really special position to be in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And, and I wanted to kind of transition back into your college career because obviously you've had a lot of success. And there's a lot to talk about there. Um, you know, you talked a little bit briefly about your redshirt year. You, you went 22 and three, great year. Um, you know, you had wins over multiple All-Americans, right? You beat guys like Mitch Feinsilver, Jake Wenzel, um, you know, plenty of other guys. And, and then two of those three losses came to All-Americans, right? They came to Michael Kimmer and Josh Shields. Um, so during that year, you know, what all did you learn from that redshirt year? Um, well, one thing I learned and probably form first and foremost is I need to get like my diet under control. Um, I was actually the heaviest in my life that first year in college, just because I felt like I was training so hard. Like I was doing like two or three days every single day, just because I didn't really have to compete for the team. I just felt like, all right, I mean, I don't have to compete this weekend. I'll, I'll do the individual sessions with like the starters from like 149, 157, 165. And so on any given day, I was probably in the wrestling room twice a day and just like, I would train so hard that at the end of the day, I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to eat like whatever I can. And so like, I was actually cutting a lot of weight that season um, to get down to 57. And I think it affected my performance to some extent, especially when I went out to Midlands and lost twice. I, I was cutting a lot of weight and I just wasn't, I wasn't focused on like the competing aspect. I was just focused on like, I was focused on training so much because that's what I was like forced into doing. I was like, I was training so hard and I was like, all right, I guess t today um, I'm going to have two dinners <laughs> to reward myself. And so I was like, I kind of started slowly like drifting away from that. And like at, at one point in the year, I was wrestling at 165 and uh, should not have been wrestling at 165, but I was just kind of like big and didn't really feel like cutting weight anymore. And so once I started to like get more serious about focusing on my competition, like I treated everything seriously, but I was just like, in this mindset of like training so much and I needed to catch up to these college guys. Um, I think it really started to help whenever in the freestyle season, I got involved in some high level matches and I started to see like the writing on the wall that I'm going to be the starter at 157 next year. And I got to start, you know, really focusing on, on, on like, all right, how can I be in the best weight that I can be to perform for the, for my team? And, uh, you know, the more um, responsibility that was on my shoulders, the more seriously I took that. And so I was able to get my weight down to a, a really good situation where I'm still a big 157 pounder, but I'm not really like cutting weight that affects my performance. And so that first year was the biggest I've ever been in my life. I was like close to 180 at times. And, um, you know, now I'm, I'm anywhere from 65 to 70 on a, on a regular basis. And so I've been able to find that, you know, really good um, weight that I feel comfortable training at, but still, you know, not too far off to be able to get down to 157. Yeah. Um, and, and would you say that, I mean, I feel like getting the weight under control is definitely kind of a personal thing for you, but as far as transitioning to the college level, what do you think is the biggest difference for, you know, somebody that has success in high school transitioning to somebody who has success in college. I mean, obviously it, it happened really quick for you. Yeah. I, I had a high school coach. Um, my high school head coach actually told me, um, he said the hardest transition you're going to make is from junior high to high school. You know, people all the time talk about how it's a hard transition from high school to college. And it is, but he said where most people screw up is just lifestyle. Um, and they don't, they're not able to reach their goals in, in college because of that. And, 
if you take your lifestyle seriously, yeah, you're going to get beat up for a month or so, but there's going to be a point where you just don't let it happen anymore. There's going to be a point where you learn that you know, getting off bottom is a lot of it's effort, effort based. And so I, I took my lumps for those first couple of weeks and I just kind of, I threw myself into those trials and was like, all right, I, I'm, I'm going to be all right at the end of this. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough transition, but for me, I just kept putting myself in positions where I, I would learn. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'd embarrass myself at times in the practice room, but, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really dwell on that. And so I was able to make that transition pretty quickly. Talk a little bit about bottom. Um, it, does it get annoying having to wrestle the bullards all the time in the room? Because uh, everybody knows their hammer's on top, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they are, they're a special breed when it comes to top wrestling. Um, they are the guys. Um, when the new guys come in, they – like a lot of the new guys sometimes like want to fear like wrestling me or, or wrestling like Adam Hall um, or Tommy Gant. Like, but the people that you want to fear when you're a freshman are probably the boards just because you're going to be pretty bad on bottom, like in terms of college wrestling and they're about as good as you can get on top. And so there's going to be a huge learning gap between you and them. And um, you know, they might not score as many points as I'm going to score on you, but they're going to, you know, put your shoulder in positions that you don't want it to be in. And so, you know, you take a lot of lumps uh, learning from them. Thankfully, like at the older you get, you know, the better you get um, at bottom. And so I'm, I'm able to, um, I don't, I don't have to worry about that on them anymore just because I've wrestled them so many times and, you know, I feel pretty comfortable getting out, but there is still like a level of, if you screw up, you know, they're going to make you pay for it. And so um, I'm always pretty, um, I'm always on full alert whenever I have to wrestle them because I know if I screw up on bottom or I take a break and they're going to make you pay for it. And so, you know, I don't worry too much about it anymore, but the, the new guys on the team, they worry about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're, dude, I mean, they're so much fun to watch and, and their matches on top because they're, I mean, they're brutal. Like it, it's, it's awesome to see. Um, but you know, after you redshirt your freshman year, you were shot out of a cannon, man. I mean, you were undefeated all the way up until, uh, the NCAA finals, which obviously everybody's dreaming to make the NCAA finals as a freshman. Um, but you know, ended up 26 and one, weren't able to, to win that last match. Um, it, it, I mean, it was, it was an incredible match too, though. It, it, I think the score ended up being six to two, if I'm correct. Um, which at the time, like, Nolf was the favorite, right? Uh, I mean, you were the one seed, but Nolf was kind of the guy everybody was looking at. Um, and he kind of destroyed most of the people during the year. And then we get to the finals, and it, it, it was it was an awesome match. Um, can you walk us through, you know, that freshman year? Um, did being undefeated take any kind of toll on you? And then also that finals match, you know, how did that go? No, I don't think being undefeated was, was take a toll on me. I wasn't really, like, that surprised by it because like in the previous year and I was looking at division, obviously Nolf was, was the standard, but I looked at those other guys and like, I can beat them. You know, even my redshirt year, like I, I was like, it's like they had to really hold me back because when I watched NCAAs, I felt like a little bit sick in my stomach because I was thinking like I would be an all American here this year, like without a doubt. I, I believe that. And so I just kind of came in with like that same like chip on my shoulder throughout the year. I came in unranked. Um, I don't think I was really on anybody's radar, and but I knew how good I was just because my coaches were telling me that, like, 
the expectation was never at all American. It, the expectation was be in the finals and, and win. And so it was like, my coach has never let me slip up from that. It started with Frank and, and how he had standards for me and Pat was right on the same um, wavelength. And then like, um, you know, I get into the lineup and my coaches never expected me to, to drop. And, you know, they didn't really, they didn't want me to be a guy that was fighting it out to make, you know, fight it out to make the national tournament, fight it out to make an All-American. They had a lot of trust in me that I could be the guy right away. And even my teammates saw it too. Even the older guys, um, they put a lot of confidence in me um, just because, you know, they never let me like accept the fact that, okay, even though you're a freshman, you know, you're going to take some lumps. They didn't really look at it that way. Um, they knew how good I was and, you know, they kept pushing me to, to even like think high, more highly of myself and, you know, I was able to have a really like successful year. I think just because of that, you know, I never once accepted the fact that I was a freshman. I never, I never liked to, you know, let any excuses fall on that reason. And so I think just held myself to a really high standard that year. And, you know, no matter match, what match I was in, I wasn't surprised whenever I was able to get, you know, a lead in the early end or, or, um, you know, get bonus points on guys. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you make the finals. What is that whole process like, right? I, I know you, you talked, you know, kind of not even worrying about being a freshman, but regardless of that, it's your first time on the big stage, right? So what was that feeling like, you know, the whole thing through like running out, you know, the, how did the match go for you, you know, feelings afterwards? Yeah, I, I think like in terms of regrets, I don't have any regrets because I, I do feel like I was outclassed in that match. Um, I lost six, two, but I really wasn't that close to threatening him in a lot of things. And like, I didn't have, you know, the same mindset that like I do now, or I did when I wrestled him the second time, I think the way I looked at it was, all right, I technically I'm a little bit outmatched right now. Experience wise, I'm outmatched, but what I'm not outmatched with is my strength and my big move capability. And so in my head, I was like, all right, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to throw him or I'm going to just surprise them or something like that. And it, I, that can, you know, win you some matches, but in, in the highest, like the highest stage of wrestling, um, you know, it, it's not going to work against a guy like that because, you know, he's seen it all. He's probably prepared for guys trying to give him the kitchen sink. And I just don't, I think that's where I kind of screwed up. I, I think if I would have went out there and wrestled more of just like, you know, keep good positioning, attack whenever it's there, make sure you're on the offensive. I, I think I was too caught up in that I had to do something out of the ordinary to beat him. And, you know, there just wasn't that, that level of confidence, I think. And so, yeah, I mean, it was cool. I, I think running out with flames on your back and, uh, you know, the most people you've ever seen, you know, just watch one wrestling match of just you out there in the center is something that I'll never forget. Um, yeah, it was a very cool moment for me and my family, I think, as well. Um, but I, I, I took so much from that match, and I, I, I accept the fact that I probably wasn't in the position to win that match. I, I could have made it an e like a, a more challenging match for him. Um, but, yeah, that, that's just one of those things where I felt like I was outclassed and I needed to do a lot of work in the offseason to be able to, you know, be able to beat him when the next time came. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's – it's a great way to go into sophomore year, right? Because, you know, unfortunately you come up short, but 26 and one uh, national finals, incredible season as a sophomore, uh, 24 and four, you get to the national tournament, you meet him again uh, in the semifinals. And, you know, 
that was a, another awesome match. I, it was, you know, even closer than the one before. Um, there was, you know, the controversial, you know, takedown or not takedown that was kind of in the middle of it. Um, but can you kind of walk us through that match? Yeah, I think just that whole year was much different for me. I, I had a really bad December. Um, I took two losses to guys that I had, I'd beaten in the past. Um, and I, I think I was just trying to, I, I didn't worry too much about that. I was in a bit of a slump, but you know, my coaches never made me believe that. I just had, you know, a whole, I, I wrestled that whole entire summer. You know, I, I had taken a lot of losses, um, lost in the finals, U S open, lost the world team trials, finals, lost at, um, the U23 world championships. And it was just like, it was kind of taking a toll on me. And so I think that at the beginning of that season, I just, I, I wasn't, you know, wrestling in the way that I was capable of. I had taken some losses and I think I was just being very defensive and I was like, I'm tired of losing. And I just, I wasn't putting myself in positions that I could win in. And so I was like, it took like a two week period where um, in the middle of the season, my coaches were really, um, they treated me differently and just treated my training differently just to get my, me like back on track. And so leading into like the national tournament, that was the best I've ever been just because I had taken that, you know, point in the middle of the season where I took a step back, focused on what I needed to do and just completely changed my outlook. Um, and so in that NCAA championships, I didn't have as good of a year, um, which is why I met Nolf in the semis rather than the finals. But I felt way better and way more prepared um, for that match than I did, you know, my first year at NC State. And so I think just that match has been talked about so much. Um, and I've had to kind of explain myself about it, but it's, it all comes down to, I, I gave everything I had that match and I came up short. And so there's, there's nothing I really worry about in terms of that. You know, I, I made a, a legend of the sport. Um, you know, I, I, was able to make him look human for a couple of minutes. And so I, I, I don't worry about that. I, I don't hang my head on that loss just because I know that I gave everything I had. And, um, you know, did I have a takedown? Like whenever that controversial kind of sequence happened? Yeah, I, I think I did, but still ended up losing the match because of it. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I lost because of that sequence, but I, I still lost the match and I needed to do a couple things better, but I don't, I don't focus on that just because I know I gave everything I had and that's really all that I care about. Um, I don't really focus on the results. Just like, what am I doing, you know, in the moment, you know, are you giving everything? And I, I valued myself very highly after that performance. And so, you know, I still lost and I was very frustrated after it happened, but I mean, it, it was a, a year of ups and downs and, I felt like I peaked at the right time and, and put together a really good tournament. You know, even though I got fourth and I lost in third and fourth, I wasn't, yeah, I, I don't really hang my head on that just because I know, I know my value and know my worth. And I knew that I, I did a really good job at that tournament. You know, just things didn't work out. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely agree with you. I think it was a takedown, but at the end of the day, like you said, I mean, it happened kind of in the middle of the match and like, even if it were to have been a takedown, there was so much wrestling after that, right? It could have went any way, right? He, he could have scored a bunch of points. You could have, like, who knows? So, um, uh, you know, I think it's good not to kind of uh, – people get hung up on that, and I don't think they should. Um, no, myself is, I put myself in position to win at the end, too. Um, yeah. I throughout that match, I was in on a leg, and um, he put together 20 seconds of some of the best defensive wrestling, you know, whenever somebody's in on your leg. And so um, – 
Yeah, I, I, it wasn't for a lack of trying, that's for sure. And <laughs> there was a, it was a crazy match. Um, you know, I had one pretty glaring mistake where I took a bad shot and he was able to counter and score in the second period. But, I mean, it, it was as perfect as a match as you can wrestle against a guy like that. You know, he didn't really expose many weaknesses in the past. And, um, you know, I felt like I gave him one of his biggest challenges he's ever had. And so I, I think I, I learned a lot for myself that tournament that I can beat, you know, anybody that I step out there against just because, um, yeah, he's a, an opponent I have a lot of respect for. And just, you know, there was a rivalry there, but I mean, I knew I had to bring hundred percent to be able to compete with him. And so, that, that was something I was able to take away from that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's never fun to talk about the losses for sure, but uh, if it's any consolation, I think, like you mentioned him as one of the legends of the sport earlier. And uh, I mean, I think only you and Isaiah Martinez were able to make him human, like you said. Uh, so that's gotta be something, but it propels you into a junior year where you were coming out of the gate. You were the clear cut number one kind of favorite to win it. Um, you know, looked really good all season, did drop the, the loss to Deacon at CKLV, but that set up probably one of the most anticipated rematches in the NCAA tournament, you know, if you guys were to hit in the finals. So, um, you know, how was that senior or that junior year for you? Yeah, I, th I think it was similar, a little bit similar to my sophomore year. Like I, looking back, like I haven't really had that great of Decembers. Um, and like my sophomore year, I had a really bad December. Junior year, it wasn't bad. I just, I didn't really look that good against Deacon. And that's just a guy in the past that I've had um, really good matches with. And so like, it, it's, it's not one of those things where I was putting everything on the line for that match, but like, I knew my training wasn't all that great in December just because it's like, it's, it's a weird time to be honest with you. Cause you go through preseason, um, you know, in October, early November, um, you know, you wrestle in November and early December and it's almost like, okay, like, I just spent so much time just training so hard and um, you're not really like peaking yet. And so it's like, I, I, I like to be challenged and I like get wrestling a guy like Deacon, but I didn't really, I didn't worry about that match a whole lot because in the past, you know, he's like, he's kicked my ass um, on a couple different occasions. And so it's like, uh, you know, losing a match to him doesn't really, it doesn't bug me like it does, but like, I know I've beaten him as well. Um, yeah. I've beaten him in the NCAA tournament. So it's just one of those things where he's a really good wrestler and um, he's going to take, take a win from you here and there. Um, but I mean, I, I said earlier, like leading into um, my sophomore NCAA tournament, I was the best I ever felt. Um, I think last year kind of even put that to shame almost because I was on, on a roll, especially through the ACC schedule and then into the postseason. I just, I was on fire. I wasn't giving up any points. And it was just like my top wrestling was the best it's ever been. Um, I felt like I was a really complete wrestler. I could beat you on my feet. I wasn't getting rode out on bottom and I could definitely beat you on top. And so I think that was an aspect of my game that a lot of people hadn't seen yet. Um, so I, I was looking really forward to the NCAA tournament because I knew I was peaking at the right time. And I knew I, I was a very tricky matchup for anybody just because of the you know, the growth of my top game and just being able to um, ride well and, and be able to turn well. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, looking at the NCAA tournament, um, obviously we didn't get to have it. That sucks. But um, I think it's kind of cool to look back and at least look at the path you would have had. 
Um, obviously, you know more than me too. NCAA tournament's wild. Anything could happen. There's no way in the world this would have actually been the guys you would have hit because something would have happened. Uh, but if seeds had fallen exactly like they were placed, uh, you would have hit Van Brill in the first round, Larry Early, uh, Humphreys, Carr, and then Deacon would have been your your path from the seeds, right? So, um, you know, how how did you feel looking at that bracket and, you know, seeing those potential matchups coming? Um, the, I mean, I, I was excited about, you know, the way it felt. Like the Larry Early in the second round probably could have been a better matchup uh, just because of how many times I've wrestled him. And he's just like a really – interesting style matchup for me um I had taken a loss to him earlier and I had some close matches with him as well but it's just like he was one of those guys that was just a a very like 180 difference from me you know very tall good at scrambling and so at that point in the year though I I I wasn't worried too much about looking at like looking forward to any one person Mm -hmm. just because I was really confident in my style as a whole I I knew I had grown a lot you know I was able to beat him in December and so it's like even though my wrestling wasn't that good back then, I'm still peaking at the right time. And I just had a whole lot of confidence. I I didn't really care who I was going to wrestle. Um, A lot of those guys I hadn't wrestled before, like um, Humphreys or Carr, but I was excited for the challenge. And um, I I actually never really like, I never played the bracket out in my head like that, just because, you know, my experience tells me what you think is going to happen probably isn't at the end of the tournament. Um, but it was enough of like firepower to like really motivate me. And, and at, whenever the brackets came out, it's like, all right, um, it's not going to be easy for sure, but this is a, a bracket that if you win it, you're going to be looked at as one of the top guys just because it's loaded and it's very deep. And so I, I think um, that, was, that was a lot of motivation for sure. So obviously you're in the sport, right? You're doing it. So it's completely different when you're doing it versus when you're watching it. Um, but how much do you actually follow, you know, the other guys around the nation? And, you know, if you do, um, what were your thoughts on, on car? Cause you hadn't wrestled him in folk style. Um, I, I watched the guys like in my weight and I, I definitely do like film stuff. Um, but I'm not really like a, I don't, I don't like 24 seven try to just watch everything wrestling that I can. Yeah. I found actually that like, whenever I watch wrestling, I become more stressed out just because I'm watching it and I'm trying to like, I, I'm like, I feel like I'm obligated to take something away from it. Like yeah. what did this person do wrong that made him lose? Or how can I like, if I'm watching guys in my weight class, like, all right, what do I need to do against these guys? Like, and a lot of times in the matches, it doesn't play out like that. You know, you have to be ready to go for any kind of match. And it's like a lot of it's just like in match adjustments, but yeah, you know, there, there is some scouting involved and, and watching car, um, he's one of those guys that um, you, know, you have to be ready for it all. Like every, every second of the match, there has to be some level of, of cautiousness just because he's much faster than me. Um, I, I think just like his technique is, is really good in the way that he's able to change levels. And so like, you never want to be on your heels against a guy like that. And so that's like the one thing I took away from it is just like, all right, he's, He's going to have be a step faster than me, but like I've got to really focus on my technique and, and my defense has to be really good. Um, and so like a guy against a guy like that, that's the kind of things you're thinking about. Um, and luckily in the past, I've wrestled guys like him. Um, I feel like um, Tyler Berger is like one of those guys that are really fast, has a great double, um, great level changes. And also Quincy Monday, I think was, was similar. 
um, and just being having a great double leg, being able to change change levels really well, and another guy that is just like quicker than I was. And so I, I, I had been through that in the past and had seen like a similar style, but he, he he's a guy that there's definitely some aware, awareness for just at all times of the match. Um, and I, I, I know that's like, you don't want to admit like any weaknesses of your own, but I guess a guy like that, you kind of have to, you kind of have to have a level of respect for what he's able to do and just what you're not able to do. Um, and so it, it makes for a great matchup that way because the way that we wrestle is much different. Yeah. I mean, you ended up getting to wrestle him the other, the other week at a uh, US senior nationals and, and I believe it was 10 to five, um, a win for you. Um, but looking forward to seeing that one in folk stock for sure. Um, mm-hmm. and, and of course, you know, it sucks. It didn't get to happen. I think everybody in the country was looking forward to a possible match rematch with you and Deacon in the finals. Um, Oh, quick question. I forgot to ask. I got to ask. All right. There's a thing about him. Everybody says the dude's got hollow bones because he looks huge. Is he, is he really like when you're wrestling him, does he feel bigger or is he like the normal 57 to you? He doesn't feel bigger. No, he's a strong guy. That's for sure. Like I like to pride myself on being like the strongest guy in the division. Like a lot of times I say it as a joke, but like, He's for sure strong, but he's not like, I don't think he's heavy. Like yeah. no matter what weight class he wrestles in, he looks like he's too big for it. Um, yeah. Like whenever we were in Iowa and looking at the guys, like, how are you in our weight class? Like, I, I think, I think it's just like the optics of it all just because yeah. he's got these like crazy long arms. And I think that's what adds into it. I don't think he's like, whenever I wrestle him, I don't feel like, I don't feel like he's in the wrong division, but when you look okay. at him, definitely <laughs> there's definitely yeah. that. I wanted to hear it from you because obviously you've wrestled him. But like you said, like you could put the dude out there for a 184 match and you'd probably be like, this dude's huge. Um, yeah. Just because how he looks, like you said. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and like, like I said, it sucks that it didn't actually get to happen, right? COVID ended everything. Um, what was that process like for you guys? I heard you talk about it on the Bader show, um, but just kind of, I guess, what was that whole process like when you, when you heard it was canceled and uh, kind of having to move on. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a situation that you're not used to dealing with because like as competitors, like, and especially me, like I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that, you know, I work really hard to get myself ready to go, but if I lose, at least I can have it. At least I can say I gave everything I had. And um, you're used to taking losses as a competitor. There's very few people who don't experience that feeling. And so as athletes, um, you can accept losses. Like you don't accept them in the moment, but you accept them. But it's like this situation where you don't have the chance to figure it out. It's a hard thing to accept because as athletes, you're wired to, all right, I either win or I lose. I'm not left with this situation of continuous thought of like what would have happened. And so for me, the quickest way I just got over, it was just like, all right, let's just barrel right into next season and put more on the line for that. Uh, you know, this might be my last season. So it's like, why not just treat everything with double the worth? You know, I didn't get a chance in the postseason, So it's like, I'm going to appreciate everything twice as much. I'm going to appreciate the matches twice as much. I'm going to appreciate my teammates, the practices, our coaches, um, you know, the grind, the every, the, the little things, you know, like the trips to airports, whenever you just want to be home, I'm going to appreciate those times with the guys twice as much. And, you know, at the end of the season, um, you know, whatever the results are, just think of it as they're worth double, you know, you're, you're doubling down on yourself. And I think that confidence, um, 
allows you to get over, you know, kind of the tragic, you know, events of what happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a good way to look at it. And, you know, fortunately, you know, we recently had this ruling by the NCAA that basically for all intents and purposes said that this year kind of doesn't count for eligibility. Right. So um, for the guys, the seniors kind of got screwed, but for you guys that are still here, it, it basically was righted. Right. So it's basically given you an extra year. Uh, have you thought about taking that extra year or is this, this is it? Um, I haven't, I'm not, I haven't made any decision about that. I just thought, I don't want it to, I don't want it to cause like any distractions among the team or, or anything like that. Um, there, there's conversations right now that I'm having with my family and, and coaches about it. Um, but I, I mean, it's a, it's a big decision and there's a lot of things that need to happen for guys that want to take that extra year. Um, especially for guys like me who have been through this my fifth year, I'm 23 years old. Um, I'm in a graduate program already. It takes a lot of work to be able to do that. And so, um, you know, right now I'm, I'm treating this year as it's, as if it's my last year, I haven't made any, you know, solid announcement or anything like that. And I, I don't plan on doing that until the end of the year, but, um, it's a very tricky situation and it's, it's not an easy thing to do to just add another year on the college. Um, there's a lot of things that's at stake, but, um, you know, for me, I am treating this as, as my senior year. Um, and I, I'm, I'm very happy with how my career's gone. And, um, you know, I don't put a whole lot of weight into, if I don't do this, then I won't live, be able to live with myself. Um, and so I'm just really working on just day to day. What am, what am I doing in the moment um, to be a better teammate, to be a better leader, um, and I'm not try I'm not really worried about what's going to happen next year. I think I have a whole, my whole life in front of me and I'll have time to make those decisions. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's easy for us as fans to see this and be like, Oh, heck yeah. Two more years of Hayden Hidley. Um, and first, okay. You got to settle. Is it Hidley or Hidley? Like everybody says it different. I, I believe Hidley, but tell me if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, you're right. Hidley. Okay. All right. Cool. The was uh, just, H-I-D-E dash L-E-E. It's not there we go. makes sense for how it's spelled, but Hydley's right. Cool. I, I didn't want to like directly say your name and be wrong. So, uh, man, I don't even remember where I was at. But yeah, I mean, it gets easy for us to be like, man, this is awesome. Two more years of Hayden. But, you know, there, like you said, there's all kinds of stuff to go into that. I mean, I saw, I saw that you just recently started your, your master's program and that was in a, a nonprofit management, right? Yeah, so it's just a one-year um, certificate program. And so um, it'd be easy for people to think, like, oh, wow, you're in a master's program. You can just do two more years. And next year, it's like, it's not that easy. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I am I, – I do think – you know, I'm not one of the people that's going to wrestle my whole life. Um, I know um, that I'd like to give it a shot on the professional circuit. and I, I'd really like to make a world team. And so uh, – my big thing is I want to give everything that I can into this year um, and make a decision. Um, but you know, I, I do see that. Like I, I do see how some people would be, would look at my situation and be like, you've got an extra year. Why wouldn't you just do it? And, you know, for, for me, it's like, I don't, I don't need to have um, another year. You know, I, I've, I've looked at all the experience I've had and taken so much from it. Um, I'd love to stick around um and be involved in the program but there's a there's a lot of positives of of being on the 
you know, being in a regional training center and competing for a world team, you know, there's a lot of freedom in that. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, but I, I think there's a lot that fans uh, don't quite get. And just, you know, there, there takes a lot out of you just being in school and being a student athlete. I think it doing that for six years is, is not an easy task and, you know, trying to find, I, I just thought about how, you know, it was difficult getting into a grad program, but it's like thinking about doing that over again. Like, what am I going to do? It's like, what, like, I can't like become a doctor. I'm just like, I'm taking these like graduate classes that like I enjoy and I think would help me in the future. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm not like an academic. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, what is, it's very hard. What is the long-term plan? You know, is it coaching? Is it like done with wrestling? I'm getting into the business world. Like what is your long-term plan? Well, I think I've done enough for myself to be able to have a couple of different paths, but you know, I, I really enjoyed my undergrad work. I, I graduated with a degree in human resources. I was very good at it. Um, you know, my graduate certificates in nonprofit management, which, you know, I, I just looked at it as like, all right, what's, what's similar to business? What's similar to human resources that I can do? And, you know, nonprofit was, was a good way. Um, just cause I had, I had some terms and I had like recollection of, of how a business works. And so, um, I'm not saying that that's what I want to do all, all the time. I, I definitely love the sport. I want to be involved. Uh, I definitely would like to see out, you know, finishing up with, with Trent, finishing up with my brother, being able to see him accomplish all of his goals um, for his career. Um, I want to stay at NC State for as long as I can, um, whether that's in a, a regional training center, like athlete role or, or join the coaching staff. I think um, in the future, coaching is definitely something that intrigues me. Um, just because, you know, I, I've been a leader for NC State for, you know, all five years that I've been here. And um, I've been able to gain the respect of a lot of those guys. And I just like have seen the ins and outs of what impacts the coaches have had on people. And um, you know, that, that's made me really excited to be able to be in a role like that. Um, and so I, I would say in the future, coaching is definitely something I want to do um, and see what it's like. Um, it's a lot of time commitment. And it's, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's not a job. It's a, definitely a lifestyle. And so that's something I would love to do um, when I'm younger and, and see what it's really like and see if I have the potential to be a head coach someday, because I think I have a unique perspective on, you know, a business education, um, being involved with the sport for how long as I have been and, and being um, in a leadership role for this team, I feel like I, I would make a really great coach. And so um, I'm not planning on wrestling until I'm 30. I don't know how guys like Burroughs is able to do that, but I, I definitely want to see out. Um, I definitely want to see out like a, like a, a year or two on the professional circuit and see where I'm at. Um, I, I definitely would love to test myself and, you know, focus on freestyle for an entire year that, that would, I feel like I'm going to make jumps. And so that's like the immediate future. I can definitely yeah. see myself doing that. But you've definitely proved that you're, you know, you're one of the elite on the freestyle level too. So, um, and like you said, I, I don't see how people wrestle that long too with, with JB. I saw a tweet the other day that was like something about, you know, nine years in wrestling, blah, blah. And I had a picture of him and then he quoted it and said like nine more or something. It's like, dude, like, no way. Like that's not possible. I mean, probably with him, but who knows? Um, yeah, I, I, like I see it from that perspective too. Cause like everybody that I talk to, um, whenever they get done with college wrestling it's like you you have no idea it's it's much easier on your body to train to be yeah. 
I'm a professional guy than it is to be a college athlete. The grind isn't the same. And so I'm looking forward to that. That's one of the things that um, my coaches have done really well at kind of catering towards um, where I'm at in my career. Um, I'm still training really hard, um, but I'm not like going through the same stuff that like the freshmen have to go through because like, there's just two different points. Like I'm, yeah. I'm 23 years old and there's guys on the team that are 17. And so it's like, it's so crazy to look at that, at that difference. Um, but I've been like, my training has been catered to finding ways for me to peak at the right time. And, um, not really beating myself up as much anymore. I've been through that kind of training and it's just like, it doesn't do a whole lot for me anymore. I know I can do it. Like I know on any given day, if you make me go out to the track, I can run 15 track sprints. So like 400s, whatever they are be, but it's like at this point, you know, is that really making me better? So I think right now it's a lot of it is just focused on, you know, technique wise, what improvements can I make? Because you know, I, I believe I'm always going to be in shape. You know, I'm always, it's always a, a really big asset of my wrestling. And so I'm not too worried about that because I do, I do what I need to do to be in shape and just like worrying about how can I improve technically is the big focus. Yeah. Um, and, you know, speaking of freestyle wrestling, you know, you kind of alluded to it a little bit at the beginning, uh, but we've been having all these, these awesome pro wrestling cards popping up. Right. And, and I don't know if pro wrestling card, I don't know how, what we're supposed to call them. Right. Um, but wrestling cards, whatever, whatever the hell the term is um, they've been awesome. Right. I, I'm sure you've been watching them and, and, it's there's been a lot of cool matchups a lot of matchups that people really wanted to see um you know there there's definitely some coming up and you know if you ended up getting in on one of those um you know what are some guys that, that you might want to wrestle i'm not asking for like a wwe call out but like oh i i respect this guy i'd want to you know see how i can wrestle him or is there anybody that kind of come to mind that would be fun to wrestle an exhibition match with well i, I think in december you're going to see it I, i'm it sucks I can't announce it now just because nothing's been released yet. But um, December, I think you'll you'll see me involved in matches like that. Um, but there is a, like there's some weird NCAA rules that don't like allow you to be in everything. Um, yeah. And like I had tried to be on a couple cards in the past, but with the timing of them, like it, it, there was something like there's an NCAA rule that said like you're not really allowed to compete. Um, you know, during the school year, if it's not like a USA wrestling, an NCAA or like UWW sanctioned event. But now, like I'm seeing college guys be able to wrestle in these um, events just because they're able to like label them as an open tournament. Yeah. And so it's like, there's so many weird rules that like, if I, like, I, I took a big hiatus of wrestling, but it's like, there wasn't like for a fact that I wasn't trying, like, I really wanted to wrestle in a lot of those events, but it just like, they weren't really able to work it out with guys with college eligibility. And that's just like one of the big faults of the NCAA is they make it really hard on you. It's like, we're not making prize money from these events because obviously that would be illegal, but like we just yeah. want to be. And so there were some limitations um, on that for me personally. Um, and so that's probably why you haven't been able to see me wrestle a whole lot. Um, but uh, in December, I think you'll, you'll see uh, I'll wrestle um a couple of the guys that I really look up, look up to and like professional guys. Um, but even like, uh, I, I guess like individual matches that would definitely pique my interest is like, I haven't wrestled Nolf in a freestyle match. And I feel like that would be a pretty cool test. Um, you know, and just like the really elite guys at, at 74 kilos is, is, is guys that like I, I'm, I'm having an eye on just because I'm on the cusp of, of qualifying for the Olympic trials. And I know I'm going to have to, I know I'm not really a thought in anybody's head at being able to 
you know, win that tournament, but I still look forward to like, I want to, my, one of my big goals this year is qualify for the Olympic trials, put myself in position to wrestle guys like Dake. Um, I think that would, that's the next step in my career that I'm really looking for. Um, I'm not like, I'm not a a 74 kilo guy yet. Um, I, I plan on transitioning into that after college. Um, I'm still, my body is still a 157 pounder and, you know, it, it is a difference going up to 74 kilos, but yeah. a lot of those guys on the ladder, um, th- those are the guys that, that I have a lot of interest in because I think after college, I'm, I'm going to move up and, um, focus on 74 kilos. Um, so de- definitely anybody in that ladder is something that I'd definitely be willing to challenge myself against. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, uh, everything that goes down in December, um, man, you know, seeing you wrestle again, man, that's going to be a lot of fun, but, uh, you know, I, I'll ask you a couple more than I promise to let you go. I've held you for way too long. Um, uh, I just, we can get talking forever on wrestling, man. It's all right. I talk way too much. That's uh, Alex. You're, you're good. That's the purpose of the podcast, man. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm going to, I'll leave it on two questions. So, uh, the first one being, you know, what is your mindset going into this season, you know, as the defending three-time ACC champ, the, uh, you know, NCAA finalist, one of the favorites to win the, the NCAA tournament. Um, I mean, you know, you're, you're one of those top guys. So what is the mindset going in as one of those top guys? Just to go the distance. You know, if you ever watch like um, uh, Field of Dreams, it's just like one of the like voices that come in like through the field, just go the distance. And like, I don't know, I, I love movies. And I always love to pick up stuff like that. It's like, what, what is the stuff and like that makes you like make your hair stand up? And that was one of the things for me is just like, go the distance, you know, you've put in all this work. Um, you know, you found a lot of success, but just go the distance and, and believe that what's at the end is, is going to work out. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not able to tell the future, but I'm really confident in my abilities at this point. You know, I, I've, I've had a really you know, long career and it's been steady um, and it's been efficient. Um, but if I keep going the distance, you know, keep in mind, it's, it's not always going to be an easy struggle, um, except the fact when things are hard, but look at, look in, look forward, don't look back, go the distance. And I think I'm going to find a lot of success in the end. It's just, you've got to have that little bit of confidence. Um, it's a lot of confidence actually, but you've got to have that confidence to, to see things out. Um, and it's a different season this year. You know, I don't know when we're going to start probably January it's going to be condensed, but just focus on going the distance. That's the big message I have for myself this year. Yeah. Um, and, and then the last one that I, I'll leave you with, I'll leave all the, the Wolfpack fans and um, your ACC fans around. What can, what can the fans look forward to from the NC State team this year? Well, I think that's a good question because we're returning all 10 starters. Um, they're familiar with a lot of the guys, but – being how this is a very different year and it's like, it doesn't count towards your eligibility. A lot of those freshman guys don't have to go through a redshirt year. So if we need them come dual meet time, you know, we, and we have some, you know, really talented guys that I believe, I think we're going to have, I think you'll see, you know, two to three different guys be utilized in our lineup. I'm not saying they're going to be the starters for the entire year, but I think you'll see two to three guys be utilized that are true freshmen. And so, I think they can look forward to that. I think they can look forward to a team that, you know, has a, a strong leadership center. 
if you think about it, we've got, you know, me, Bullard, Zreen, and Tariq that have been here for five years now. And so I think, you know, there, there's a lot of, um, a lot of things that we have to pass on. And so I, I think they can expect that there's a, a very good blend of, of guys um, on their tail end of their college careers and just like a good mix of the fresh new faces and guys like Trent Camacho that are going to be the next faces of the program and kind of are right now. But I think it's just a, a really balanced mix of a balanced mix and a great dual meet team. Um, definitely really looking forward to it. I don't know what the situations are going to be in terms of fans, but um, I know that our support even on social media is just as strong. So uh, we really, we really appreciate that. And I think they're going to have a great year of, of seeing um, it, it's a new team, even though we have 10 guys coming back from last year. Yeah. Um, I know I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I'm going to be at as many duels as I can be if they let us in. Um, and, you know, looking forward to another successful year, maybe another team trophy and, you know, NCAA champs, ACC champs, all that kind of good stuff. So um, definitely looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your time and, and chatting with me. I know you even hung around in the wrestling room, so you probably want to get out of that you know, sweat box. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, man, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Have a good one.